0: Let's pretend that this isn't advice and I'm Erin and I'm not giving you advice it's it's not advice I can't help myself give advice I don't mean to I don't want to I want you to be able to live your life but I know how to do it I am a huge know-it-all and this is where I practice not giving advice to people except I totally give advice to them I'm a lawyer I turned professional certified coach and I just happen to give the best advice, but this is a podcast, not a coaching session. So I obviously don't do that here, except I do. This is not advice with Aaron Conlon, your know-it-all lawyer coach friend. This is not advice. On today's episode, I talk with Maya May. Maya is a comedian and talk show host, and she is one of the most incredible human beings that I have ever met in my entire life. Um, we talk about the universe and climate change and po- positivity and toxic positivity and frameworks and all sorts of things. Um I think you'll get a a lot out of listening to this. And while you're at it, go buy Maya's book that is on her website, which you'll hear about in a minute or 50 minutes, however long it takes for us to get to that topic. While we're at it, I just wanted to let you know that I'm starting a new group coaching program that will start in the beginning of October. And if you are interested in that, I would love to talk with you. Follow Maya on Instagram and Twitter. And I think that you'll really love this episode.
1: Yeah, no. I was just, I was just telling Aaron. Uh, I was just telling you that I am so glad to be on this because I miss giving my opinion on things to people. <laughs> like, <laughs>
0: I'm like it's been a while
1: since someone's heard my opinion.
0: My, oh my slightly God. informed opinion. <laughs> what What opinion do you need to share first, Maya? Uh,
1: you know, honestly, about uh, about what it means to try to have stability in a world that is like total chaos because I feel like at this point we're all like this close to breaking right like Mm -hmm. I, I myself like I paced myself as far as like positivity goes and then like this morning I went to go get a mug like my favorite mug and I realized I'd forgotten to start the dishwasher last night did,
0: was that your moment did you cry it was, on the floor i
1: did i it was funny because i was like if i didn't if i wasn't somebody who meditated worked at like did all of the things i would have had a fucking meltdown i don't know if we can swear on this i'm sorry Yeah, we
0: can we can swear. totally swear Okay, I was just like,
1: I I seriously, like, I looked. I was like, are you fucking shitting me? And I like pulled it open and I looked and I could see that the little caps. I was like, I was like, how could you forget to run the dishwasher? And then I was like, (laughs) rage washing a mug. Like I was like, like I was so upset that I had to wash a mug on Monday morning. I was like, I just wanted to like shoot straight into my Monday morning, and and then you realize the insignificance of it all. Like, I'm like, how dare I? Like, I actually tweeted about it. And as I was tweeting about it, I was like, how dare you? Like, you have electricity right now. Like, people are, like, suffering in, in Louisiana. And I think, like, there's something weird about what's going on right now is that we can't really honor our own personal crises because the entire world is in crises so there's some sort of like guilt attached to feeling that way even though there shouldn't be right like you know on on one hand yes it's all relative on one hand and so it's it's complicated and so I say that to say that's my opinion is that (laughs) you can still get angry about the dishwasher not having been started and it's almost uh, like
0: you didn't have any other mugs either like you couldn't Use another mug or put it in. I less. wanted to use my favorite mug.
1: <laughs> you see, I, I wanted to it. use my do what makes you happy mug. Like right now, this isn't the mug I wanted to use. Nobody can see this, but it's not the mug I wanted to use. I'm drinking out of. You don't the do mat- that?
0: Where oh, you no, have I like have- specific mugs for specific moods? Oh, I have the same mug that I use every morning. I wash it as soon as I'm done drinking coffee so that it's ready for the next morning. I make my pot of coffee at like five o'clock the night before <laughs> so that just it's, so it's, like with timer. To, yeah. Well, I walk my dog every morning. So I just hit brew whenever I take her out. By the time okay. I get back, I have a full pot of coffee.
1: Yeah. No, and that's exactly the kind
0: of planning. That this world needs Aaron. That's exactly <laughs> it. Now imagine
1: if one day you walked back home and had forgotten to push start. Imagine
0: how you'd feel. I, I've done that once and I was like, oh God, I hate myself so much, right? I'm so mad. I'm gonna have to wait 10 minutes for coffee. Ten minutes. But it's like,
1: it's the routine. It's like the patterns when the patterns get broken and you're like, I established a routine for our reason. <laughs>
0: There's nobody else to blame except for you. And so like all of the things that you're mad at yourself. It's
1: strong coffee.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No. See, you feel it. You know it. You know what I'm talking about. Well, Maya, before we get too much into this, who are you? <laughs> it's a, it's a,
1: I ask myself that every day, Aaron. Uh, I was like, who am I? What is my purpose on this planet? Um, who am I? I am a comedian writer. I guess those are my methods. Those are the things that I use to bring light uh, onto this planet, my my purpose, I like to look at everything. This is why I can't go to parties. Cause like when I talk to people like this is, I'm like, they're like, what do you do? And I'm like, well, my purpose on the planet is, <laughs> they're
0: like, that is not what we were asking you. Nope, um, come to every party I ever host, Maya, you are invited. Oh, thank you. Except for I never go to parties cause I feel so awkward around people because I
1: do. <laughs> That's your is purpose
0: like- on this planet is to bring light. <laughs>
1: But there's already light. It's a party. They don't need me there. I got to go to the dark places. Invite <laughs> me to the dark thing where everybody's sad and I'll just come and make everybody laugh. Um, and that is, no, in, in all seriousness, like, that is, like, I view making people feel okay about what's going on in life and helping people, like, laugh their way through, like, crises and use laughter as a sort of processing mechanism as opposed to, like, a defense mechanism. So, like, for me, it's, like, I, the show that i just did i was just up at cal state um hayward i believe it's called and there were not a lot of students at the show and afterwards one of the students was uh turns out he was also a comic and he was like oh yeah he's a like, great set blah 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 he's like yeah and i was like oh so you do comedy too he's like yeah da 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 and he's like yeah but i you know i prefer for there to be a lot more people and i was like cool all right didn't really think about it and then the next morning i woke up to a dm from one of the students there like thanking me and saying how she had had a terrible day and that that helped brighten her day and i was like yeah i was like because that's why i do it like i don't care i've done virtual shows for one college student
0: that Did had you really
1: more than once more than once and i don't do comedy for myself per se like yeah like I, cause I can make people laugh, like, you know, throughout the day, I don't get on stage for myself when I get on stage. It's because I'm like, okay, your job is to raise the vibrations in this room. And mm-hmm. if that's one person, that's two people. That's like one person who is having a better day, who is then kinder to the people around them that then has a ripple effect. So it's like, if there's three people, if there's five people, like what I do realize is my responsibility to Promote myself more so that I can reach more people in that way. So I take full ownership of that.
0: Yeah, how's um, that going? <laughs> ugh,
1: ugh, you know, you were my coach. Um, like, it's not even a visibility issue at this point. It's a, a like, I'm like, oh, like how do I want to show up like this all the time, right? Like where I'm mm-hmm. like, because I recognize there's a time and a place. And I've gotten feedback from people that they're like, oh, but, you know, we like seeing your like positivity and blah, blah, blah. But I think I still feel like sometimes I'm like, it's not a time for positivity all the time right now. Like it's that weird, like, is it toxic positivity or is it like genuine and real? And so, and my thing is, I feel like to promote yourself as a comic, you have to constantly be promoting yourself. And there are days where I don't want to. And if I did, it would be disingenuous and I could put together a content calendar and have it post regardless and have evergreen content, which is what I should do. Right. Like right. that's what I should do. Um, but even that feels disingenuous to me, um, because it's not like I post when I want to post about mm-hmm. something that I want to say. And I find a, I find it hard to just be like, well, it's Tuesday and I haven't posted yet. Better post something. Like I, like I can do I, that in spurts, but not,
0: yeah. I ran into that too. Like, because I have to constantly promote myself too and be a beacon for whatever. I don't know what people want from me. I do kind of know. But, it, you know, at a, at a certain point you're like, oh shit, I'm a brand hmm. and people are here for me. Um, and that's a lot of responsibility and power. And at the same time, like you don't want to represent yourself as anyone other than you. Yeah. I, I guess that's, the question, I
1: like, I like that insight. No, I, I, you know, and I, I shudder a little bit when you say br- we're a brand, you know, but, but we are, I mean, any, for anything that we do, it's like how we're showing up on this planet yeah. is our brand. Um,
0: well, and I, I think that's, wish- that's kind of the thing, right? Like we relate to brands as static that it, that they don't change. Like McDonald's never changes, but if you're a human being, bringing your your viewpoint into the world, like you're allowed to have a day where you're like, fuck positivity, not here for it. Here's how I feel today. And I feel like that might be the cool way to show up for yourself without you having to have a certain message.
1: And I guess I feel that like, and I I do do that to a certain point now because like I've learned to express my rage openly. So I don't don't think anybody, I don't think anybody thinks that I'm positive all the time. I think people have definitely seen my like rage posts. That being said, I think the part of me that isn't all about being like out there, out there is I am an introvert. So Mm -hmm. there are days where I just want to be quiet. I just want to be quiet.
0: Yep. And that could go over two or three days. So, I, I just I just got back from a vacation in Asheville, North Carolina, and I did not I look. I did not look at Instagram. I did not look at Facebook. I did not check my email. I was off my phone completely, except for like go using Google Maps. And your it it first was, time in Asheville? It was my first time in Asheville. I love it. I wanted to live there. The minute I stepped foot there, first of all. Do you know about the quartz deposit? I do know about the quartz. I found out about it on the ghost tour we went on. Ooh, I want to know about the ghost tour. <laughs> I was like,
1: <laughs> I did not get to go. I was there for a comedy festival, so there were no ghosts involved. But I, when I was driving in from the airport, I felt it. Like I felt the energy, and I mentioned it to somebody, and they told me they're like, "Oh, you know, it sits on like the purest quartz deposit like in the world, and like watch companies from." And I was like whoa i was like i need to move here it's a portal
0: (laughs) it is a portal and that explains why they have such a strong art scene there right like that quartz probably allows people to funnel their creativity whether or not they're acknowledging it
1: yeah and huge vegan community like there's so many that i think there were like 20 vegan restaurants like are there really i I didn't notice that yeah like when i looked for like where to eat it was like oh like there's like high end and like you know fast food vegan and it was like a whole like it was a whole thing. So did you love it? Did you love everything? And I, we're like, I'm totally going to move here. Let's move there. Let's I, move to Asheville.
0: <laughs> you know, I might. I'm like thinking about looking at real estate. I, know, I was 50-50 the first, I don't know, two days that I was there. And then the more I was there, I was like, oh, I really, really like the hills and just the, like the feeling of that area. You're like, oh, this is the mountains. I saw three black bears. Okay, then no.
1: No, no I've we changed were- my mind about Asheville. Asheville sucks. <laughs> Maya, come on. Absolutely not. I forgot now that somebody did mention there are bears. No, no. Fuck Asheville. Sorry. This is a new brochure called Fuck Asheville. <laughs> and it's you know- bears.
0: You know that there's bears in California too, right? Where you are. Yeah, but
1: not where I'm at. I'm by the water. They don't come this far out. That's why I, I won't live in the mountains here. Because I'm like, nah, nah. Now I see these stories about bears in people's pools. I'm like, fuck that. No.
0: What? <laughs> yeah. I looked up the spiritual meaning of a black bear. And it was like, playfulness and adventure. And it, it was right back after I had taken my mom ziplining. Oh my god, almost, how fun. It was almost, my almost 70-year-old mom went ziplining. And I was like, "This is exactly the sign that we needed from the universe,
1: confirming like that yes, it was a good thing to mm-hmm. to do." That's so much fun. So you went with your mom. I love this.
0: I went with my whole family. It was like, oh, okay, me, all of my siblings, all of their children, my parents, all of the spouses of my siblings. It was uh, a.
1: That's that's a lot of people. And how did you decide on Asheville then? Because that's I an didn't. interesting I, spot. Okay,
0: <laughs> we. It was like. Where can we drive to? Because my dad, my family booked this back in January. And my dad was having one of those, like, I got to get out of town moments. And so <laughs> he's like, but eight months from now, he's like, I got to get out
1: of town. <laughs> but in eight months.
0: Well, at that time, he was like, by then the vaccine will be, you know, it was, but we're, we got a yeah. compound. So they found this like compound. Oh, nice. They had two houses, a badass pool, like all of all of this land that had a dog from down the road who came to play with everybody <laughs>
1: <laughs> brought the bears with it,
0: okay. kind of actually the did owner, you see the bears on the property not like, on the property, just like two hundred yards down, doing what were they doing just hanging out on the side of the road yeah, one, no Mm-mm. Mm-mm. one crossed the road and then was trotting in front of the fire station no Mm-mm. i'm gonna send you videos. It was very safe i no. See, okay, well, that's
1: that's, uh, that's why white people are always getting mauled by bears because you're all like, <laughs> it feels safe. Black person's like, what the? F-? No, no, absolutely. You will never hear a black person be like, I saw a bear and it felt safe. Like you will literally, like I've never been one of those comments that's like, black people are like this, but white people are like this. Well, I'm going to tell you. <laughs> you will never hear a black person say, I
0: felt safe around the bear. No. <laughs> <laughs> Is this are, are these the opinions that you bring to the Lincoln Project? To yes, yes, yes,
1: yes. They are. You know, it's funny. So I didn't mention that. Yeah. So I'm a I'm the I'm a co-host of a show for the Lincoln Project. For those of you who don't know, the Lincoln Project is a super PAC. Um, if you don't know what a super PAC is, look it up because I can't explain it to you. No, we, we can raise money and and support anything. Oh, you have something to say?
0: No, I was muting myself. It was the wrong. Oh. Thing. <laughs>
1: I was still attentive. I have to be attentive during the show. I'm like, oh, there's a question here from the audience. Um, I was like, what are you? Let me know. What wrong button? Uh, (laughs)
0: Um,
1: Yeah, and it's a it's it's a political show, and we, you know, it's interesting. I was a poli sci major, and so politics and political theory have always been important to me. Um, More so political theory and political philosophy. Like I'm more interested in that aspect of things. And so on our shows, like I'm usually asking that, like we interview like politicians, scholars, like we've been doing a lot of stuff where we're interviewing people who are experts on authoritarianism, because that's obviously something that we Mm -hmm. are sliding towards very quickly right now. And so I like to ask like, questions that basically are like, are we going to fix this or nah? Like, what (laughs) is the deal here? Like, y'all are the experts. I'm basically a lay person now, but I have an understanding of this that I can like kind of interpret it and, you know, help people who don't have an expert understanding understand and ask those questions, right? Because at the end of the day, anybody who's reading anything, watching anything, listening to anything is like, are we going to fix this? Like nobody right. p- picks up a book anymore and goes like, oh, I'm just reading for pleasure. It's like, no, I need to fix this thing in my life. And <laughs> this and, is why and, I had
0: and, a job, Maya, because everyone's like, I need to fix it. Yeah.
1: Every, everybody needs to fix it. Everybody needs a framework. People need to know what a framework is. Right. Like, and I feel like we're at that point in our society now where it's like, we're all having to reeducate ourselves. Mm hmm because we recognize whether we like whether we want to or not we recognize that things are kind of falling apart (laughs) like off the rails
0: i mean i think they've been off the rails for a long time and it's just a matter of like we uh, the rails are the rails are melting and all of the wheels are also like not able to be put back on like it's the,
1: irreparable. Before yeah. you thought we could get it back on the rails. Now it's like the rails aren't even there anymore. Yeah. Now we're like, oh, shit.
0: So Where did is, we go from here? <laughs> is that the expert's consensus? Is Are they like, well, time to restart everything? Or what, what are people telling you? Um, what we hear
1: a lot of is like, this is how it happens and this is how we get out of it. But it's kind of like the same thing with coaching. When you tell somebody, this is how you're going to get out of it. These are the steps that you need to take to get out of it. Mm
0: -hmm. And then people
1: take that in and then they don't do it. Right. Yeah. And so right now, like America is like this one is like one giant entity that desperately needs coaching. Right. But hasn't even actually stepped into the coaching office. Right. Yeah.
0: Or paid the phone call, like, Hey,
1: can we fix this? Right. Like some parts of it have, right. But not enough, not a critical mass, if you will. Um, and why, because so many people are in survival mode. And so if you're mm-hmm. in survival mode, you're not in critical thinking or expansion mode. Like when you're just trying, you're struggling to keep your head above water. And so, yeah. The general consensus is, yes, we could get out of this. We can get out of this. We will get out of this because optimism is like part of what I bring to the table. Cause I'm all like, look, we're going to figure it out. Cause we don't have an option. Like what is right. the other option to just let it all fall apart? Like, no, like that's just not, that's not an option for me.
0: And <laughs> I was like, I will be the only glue for this country. if It's the <laughs> last thing on earth that I do. Well, yeah, like me and people
1: like me and people that I inspire to 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 do yeah. so, because I think it takes a little bit of lunacy right now to think that everything's going to be OK, because you look outside and it's like, oh, wait, they're just definitely like forcing kids to go to school without masks on and get sick and die. What? Like that's that's next level craziness. And so to say that we're going to be OK when that's where we're at, when our politicians are like fucking with people's lives like that. That's where we go. Oh, we, we're actually not going to get out of this. So I think it takes a little bit of crazy, which I mm-hmm. have enough. I have enough of that in my in my brain where I'm all like, I will brainwash myself into believing that everything's going to be okay until it's actually okay. <laughs> um, and yeah, and trying to find other people who are who are like that. Um, yeah, who will believe endlessly, like endless optimism. Like I. I mean, any comedian who's working right now is like that, right? Because it's like the ship's going down. It's like we're like the quartet on the Titanic, right? Like we're like (laughs) we're going to keep playing and hopefully everything's going to be all right. And I think, yeah, I think this is like an all-hands – I say this on the show all the time. It's like an all-hands-on-deck effort. We all have to figure out how to contribute.
0: So I'm really curious, like – I knew you to be a fairly liberal person. I don't know if I just made that up in my head, but that's how <laughs> how I perceived you. What's it like working for
1: Republicans? So, it's former Republicans. Nobody's actually a registered Republican anymore. Um, I mean, I
0: know that, but I also know where this the Lincoln Party or Lincoln Project came from. <laughs> Yes. So it's funny.
1: I have always been very anti Republican. Like and I am like I actually have a whole poem, like a a slam poem that I wrote about (laughs) back like when I was in my twenties about how I would never have sex with a Republican, but I had sex with this race car driver and he turned out to be a Republican. (laughs) So, Maya,
0: I think the first clue was that he was a race car driver.
1: Right. True. <laughs> true. But I was young and naive. And I was just like, I love cars. And I was like, this is the coolest thing to me. And I realize I make exceptions, I guess. Um, and so, <laughs> so when I came to this, when I came to this role... I wasn't even thinking because it wasn't described as like working for the Lincoln project. It was described as working for the show. And I knew what the Lincoln project was obviously. Um, but I, the philosophy of the people that work at the Lincoln project, um, very much aligns with mine, which is do no harm, take no shit. Like I've always felt like Democrats are too like Pollyanna ish in thinking Mm -hmm. that like, the same way when you're working with an, a, like a person who is abusive or who is a narcissist and expecting that person to change because it's the good thing. Like, I feel like Democrats are constantly like, oh, you know, we just, if we keep doing these things, they'll eventually get it and they'll agree with us and they'll see the light and they'll see that racial diversity is good. No, they won't. <laughs> like, it's I would love it. Years. <laughs> right. Like they're not going to see mm-hmm. that. And then on the other hand, like, Like I have a ton of friends who are like super, super, like super progressive left, like beyond Bernie, like burn it all down. And here's the thing. I get that. I understand the desire to burn it all down because if we burn it all down now, it gets built up by everybody, right? There's much more inclusivity in the building up of things. However, it is not practical. Like that's the thing. And so, especially like as a mom, like, do I want to burn it all down when I'm a mom? Like, No, And so what I really, really love about the Lincoln Project um, are the tactics. Mm -hmm. Like they understand, and I should say we, I'm a part of it now, understand what's necessary um, to be able to bring down the narcissists of the world, the abusers of the political world. Like those people, you can't speak to them in Kumbaya language. They don't hear that. And so this... Project like I I I love it so much, and it's funny because when it first started, I was like, oh, I don't know how I feel about like doing all this dark stuff, like you know, like like (laughs) focusing on the negative. Like I remember saying that I was like, I was like, "Ah, I don't like. It's like oh, it's tough for me to like like I wouldn't do roast shows, right? Comedy shows because I was like, I don't like roasting people, right? Like I'm like all about like positivity, et cetera. But the fact is like shadow work, right? Like there are those dark aspects of ourselves. And so I've leaned into that uh, for this job and I freaking love it. Like it's it's, and I think it's necessary. Like I think yeah. it's, yeah. So there it is. That's how I feel about working with
0: Republicans. <laughs> you know, there was, so my, the thing that I don't like is um people who are so extreme for their person Mm. and so there was a moment where i was like i would rather date a lincoln project republican than a bernie bro even though i probably agree with most of the positions of the bernie bro this Mm -hmm. idea that this dude couldn't stand a woman or the only person who could bring them save bring a safe safety or whatever to the world was this one man makes me crazy and i would rather like spend time with people who actually want to be a part of the change and make things better, than be with somebody who cares mostly about being right, which I think is part of this narcissistic and um.
1: So it's interesting authoritarian tendencies. This the thing I love the most about this job is I get to learn so much from the different people that we interview. Right, like mm-hmm. I read their books and then I decide what are the follow up questions that I have. And one of the authors talks about authoritarian predisposition, right? And that's people who aren't necessarily authoritarians or believe in authoritarianism, but they like simplicity. They want to be Mm -hmm. told what to do. And so you have those people on the left and those people on the right. Like it exists across the political spectrum. And so with the Bernie bros, it's like they're still, they're trying over here. Like it's just as like fanatic as it is over here
0: that's the argument I have been making to people and they're like "I," but they're better and I'm like
1: are they I I mean do I agree with what they're saying more so than I agree with what's being said on the right obviously like but do I believe in the tactics do I believe in the strong because it is the still strong arm like you will believe this and nothing else and it's like eh, I don't know Like, maybe I want to believe some things that are nuanced. Maybe I like nuance. (laughs) And it's like, no, you have to believe only this. And I, and a lot of it seems to lack strategy. And that's what's bothersome to me. What I love Um, about centrists is there's a strategy to it. On the left and on the right, it's just like, I'm going to say the thing. And it's going to be the thing I'm saying. And you're going to agree with it. And I'm going to shove it down your throat unless you agree. Whereas like in the middle, it's like more about, Consensus and collaboration and even, you know, maybe not necessarily consensus and collaboration, but it's like, we need to move the needle forward. Right. And so we have to talk to each other. And I think that's what's lacking right now is um, a complete inability to have a conversation about anything (laughs) at all.
0: So... I hear that people are unwilling to talk. (laughs) What else is like, what is the overarching mission of what you're up to? Mm -hmm. You know, you said your purpose is to bring light. Like what does that Mm. look like
1: for me on my show or me just in general as a human being?
0: Yes. Yes. All of
1: both things. Um, For me and as a human being, it's stepping into every situation and this crosses over into what I do on my show, which is what's the highest frequency action in this situation, right? Mm. Like what's the thing that I can do that will move the conversation forward or that will open up the conversation? What's my response that's not ego driven? What's my response that is um, honoring who I am, my authenticity and the other person's authenticity? Uh, don't just be trigger happy on responding to things be, being thoughtful and so mm-hmm. really because I think part of the reason why we have a hard time having conversations now is it's like trigger 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 everybody's just triggered and then it just becomes like defense defense trigger trigger defense trigger and what I try to do which is not easy by any means. And it's a constant effort and it's quite draining. It's why I'm drained all the time. And it's why I'm very happy to, I'll talk about self-care in a, in a minute. We can talk about that. Um, but the process of being in very heated situations and dealing with very heavy subject matter, like racial trauma, um, like health trauma right now, which is what I feel like we're going through, right? Safety, trauma, Um, being in those situations and not allowing it to trigger my ego or my desire to be right. And instead feeling that trigger and then going, okay, try to understand the situation. Try to understand where they're coming from. Try... (laughs) to understand what fear is triggering this behavior that is about to trigger your fear that's going to then trigger your behavior. And and, and so it's been about trying to always bring that light into the conversation. So like for all of our shows, like we want to leave the show, like I kind of have a framework that I like to use, which is, you know, taking rage, converting it into like positive action. Like that's- Mm -hmm. Like that's my brand, you know, if, if, I have, if I admit to having a brand, it's turning rage and anger into positive action and how we do that. And so with every show, it's like, yeah, we're going to start off angry because we deserve to be angry because shit's crazy right now and we can't ignore that. And then by the end of it, okay, here, these are the positive steps and actions uh, that we can take. And then it's kind of like the journey from how we get from point A to point B.
0: So you said you're going to talk about self-care. How does self-care play into all of this?
1: Yeah. Um, When you're dealing with dark subject matter, you go to a dark place very easily, right? Mm -hmm. Like I think everybody who's um, ever had to work in in any kind of helping space um, feels that, right? And so I, you know, in 2020, I said, my, one of my new year's resolutions was to stop the 24 hour news cycle. And I was going to stop reading the news because I was like, this is not helpful for me. Right. And then how'd that go? (laughs) Well, it was funny because I didn't COVID was already happening and I hadn't heard about it at all until like the week of the lockdown. Like it was really the first time I'd heard the word COVID I wasn't paying attention at all. And I was like, Oh, this is serious. Yikes. And, um, and then when I, got this role, I was forced to be involved very heavily in the news a lot. And I was like, oh, this is why everybody, I had forgotten what it felt like to feel that depressed. Like I'd forgotten, I didn't even know I was capable of being That and I was like, Oh my god, is this how people are feeling all the time? This anxious, this like stressed? I was like, This is terrible. I was like, This is absolutely horrible. And then I was like, I don't know if I could do this. Like, I don't like this is taking away my joy because at the time I was, you know, doing a ton of virtual shows. So I was like, This is, I was like, I don't know if this is for me. And then I realized, Oh, but Maya, you have the tools for this. You've been through crisis crises in life that are. You know, extreme. And so guess what, whether you want to or not, this is your role right now is to help other people who may or may not have a framework for understanding how to get through a crisis. I was like, it is your role, you have been called to this, uh, to do that, period. So suck it up and deal Maya and figure out how to get your joy back. Um, and so, so, so yeah, so suck it up and deal. And, and yeah, and I, in order to get my joy back, I had to change the way I did self care, which is I had to be um, increasingly intentional about it um, and be increasingly intentional and feel okay about taking care of myself at a time where everything is like sputtering out of control. Right. Because there's a guilt around taking vacation. When the world's suffering, there's guilt around, um, you know, just not doing anything and being there for yourself and taking a bath or doing the things that you need to do. And I basically, it's like as the intensity in the world has increased, I've increased the intensity
0: of my self-care if that like. Well, um, you have to, it's the oxygen mask thing. Everyone talks about the oxygen, but it's not no. just that. It's also like, if you are going to live into your calling, if you are going to answer the call of the universe, which I am also, I'm also curious, have you ever been like, no, thank you. <laughs> I would like to go do nothing and work at a restaurant.
1: I mean, I think we all that right like I think everybody who's called to do like that's why a lot of people are stuck in jobs that they don't want to be in is because they don't want to answer the call like we all have a calling like every single person on this planet has a calling and you know it's it's, yeah of course of course I want to go move to St. Croix and have a taco stand and (laughs) sit on the beach and do nothing and say fuck society why not that sounds fucking fabulous (laughs) that sounds great I would crush at being on the beach um (laughs) but I wouldn't feel good about it.
0: Yeah. Well, I guess my, the question I have here is like, I used to know your routine. What are you, what is your current self-care structure? Like how do you one mm-hmm. maintain it and what is it?
1: Yeah. Um, one, it's consistent. I think the most important thing for anybody who is putting together a routine to, to protect their energy is it is consistency. Like no matter what it is consistent, like meaning, you know i've always meditate journal workout right like those are three things that i have to absolutely do during the day no before i do anything mm-hmm. right like it's not like oh i'll work out later well no because then i just have like 6 hours of the day maybe that i didn't have the endorphins that i needed and so i wasn't able to be uh, present in the way that i wanted to be for my meetings right? And this is just for me. Everybody's got their own different thing. Like maybe another person doesn't need endorphins. Like I have a little bit of ADHD. So if I don't get some of those things in the morning, my focus wanes throughout the day. So it's about being present in your own system and kind of knowing your body. And so for me, I know that I have to get up in the morning, hydrate, journal to get all my thoughts out, meditate and not 10 minutes, not 15 minutes. I know I need at least 30 minutes of meditation and I try to go for an hour a day. So if I only hit a half hour in the morning. I'll try to grab some more time. Um, but again, I pay attention to my body. Like I ask myself, is it, um, you know, is it like, do I need more? Do I need less? Like that kind of thing as opposed to being super rigid about it. Mm -hmm. But like those three things are like key, 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 key for me in the morning. Um, and then throughout the day, I kind of will, Touch, you know touch base with myself if you will and ask myself like hey how you feeling I'm like you feeling good yeah okay you feeling focused no you're totally not focused at all right now and I will do something that like will be like a focusing activity or I'll mm-hmm. make a decision and say hey you know what today sounds like you're taking the car to get washed because you cannot focus on anything else right now um I think sometimes we push ourselves to work through through like through stuff when we're not in the right Mindset or headspace for it, and I think right now is not the time to be doing that. <laughs> like,
0: <clears throat> well, yeah, it perpetuates the trauma. Like, mm-hmm. trauma is the inter. I just watched this movie called "The Wisdom of Trauma" with mm-hmm. um, Gabor Mate. He like, it. It was great. You, I think you can download it or whatever. But they talk about it. it's not exactly the events; it's the your body's response to the events. Mm-hmm. So anything, and if you force yourself to move through something when you're not necessarily in a place to move through it, you're just re-traumatizing yourself. Oh, yeah. And I think that's what we're doing. is just like perpetuating the trauma of COVID and perpetuating this trauma of overwork and perpetuating this trauma of capitalism that happens at times. And I love money, but it doesn't have to be this way.
1: Yeah. Like you just hit Like so many key points that I know nobody can see my face, but I'm just like, whoa. Like, (laughs) that
0: is,
1: (laughs) that is uh, like, that's it. And it's sad to watch um, this re traumatization. Um, And the thing is, you can't blame anybody because I want to be able to point blame. But the fact is, everybody that's on this planet is human. And so everybody is scared shitless and feeling the same thing and so like we look to our leaders and i'm like our leaders are also suffering like literally everybody so many mayors quit last year or said that it was going <laughs> to be their last term because they're like trying to navigate their cities through uh through COVID disaster yeah yeah and it's, it hasn't stopped yet and so yeah this re-traumatization it's real interesting i can't wait to see who we are as a people once the pandemic is actually finally over because I feel like we're all getting a second chance, right? Like in the sense, a second, like the first pandemic, like part of the pandemic, everybody was like half the people were like completely like out, like couldn't do Mm -hmm. anything, couldn't be focused, couldn't read a book. Like everybody was just like deep in trauma. And then some people excelled. Like I was able to be completely fine because I was so used to crisis that I was like, Oh great. This is easy for me. Um, then there were the people who like felt guilty about not being able to produce, right? Like and were like, Oh, I should have used this time to do X, Y, and Z and felt guilty about it.
0: Yeah. Why didn't I learn to ice skate while I had the chance?
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And I know people who've learned how to skate. Like i watch watched videos. There's um, a really cool photographer, Kim New Money. She's an amazing photographer. And she learned how to roller skate, like and do tricks and stuff during the pandemic. And it's so inspiring. Like it's the coolest thing. And now she's learning gymnastics. And I'm like, <laughs> like literally she's a full grown adult and she's learning how to do backflips and stuff. And I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. But like, not everybody can do that. Like not everybody right. can just be like, I'm going to learn a new skill while everything's terrible. But now that there's a second wave or third or fourth wave or whatever and people aren't going back into their offices and now what's great is kids are back in school. So adults who are working from home do at least get to have that breathing room that they didn't have before um, are going to be able to, I think, now take this time and, and kind of rehash some things and look at their lives. I do think, however, this creates an, a further divide between people who don't have the opportunity to work from mm-hmm. home. Like, I think this is a very, very fucked up time um, for anybody who is an essential worker, nurses in particular, um, doctors as well. But, like, I'm thinking about nurses, I'm thinking about teachers, um, I'm thinking about people who work in grocery stores, like, people who don't have that opportunity to t- step back uh, because they don't have that cushion that to me is going, if that doesn't heal, because that's going to create a fracturing uh, Mm -hmm. of our society, a lack of empathy. Because before we were all like essential workers, essential workers, like we care about you. Nobody gives a shit anymore. Nobody's even thinking, I haven't heard the phrase essential worker like in a tweet or in an article, like it was all the buzz. Like, you know, they were getting hazard pay and, you know, people were standing up for them. And now people are like, beating up store clerks because they asked them to wear their mask like you've heard these stories right
0: no i stopped watching somebody the got news. murdered
1: <laughs> somebody got murdered over i think it was Jewish, oh my God. over telling somebody to to put their mask on like the, the people are it's fucking bonkers right now the level of violence is is like skyrocketing these school board meetings you have all these like parents who are going into these school board meetings talking about how your freedom and you're not going to force our kids to wear a mask and threatening violence against like teachers against administrators like doxing people it is it's reaching a fever pitch um and so I think that's the part that is most concerning to me is unless we figure out a way to heal that fracture in our society like it's it's bleak
0: well, yeah. And it's like what I'm hearing in that is that it's righteousness begets righteousness. I'll be right about this thing. I'm right mm-hmm. about this thing. And then nobody's listening to anybody. Right. And then, you know, at the same time, it's it's a class thing too, right? Like mm-hmm. your problem isn't my problem. So I don't need to worry about your problem. And if you are looking at it from a human perspective, like if we're all fucked, we're all fucked. <laughs>
1: I don't know why people don't realize that. Like, it's so simple. It's, that should be the quote on this whole podcast is, if one of, we're all fucked. Like, that's it. If one, of,
0: if one of us is fucked, we're all fucked. Yeah.
1: It's so simple, but yet so complicated for people to understand.
0: Well, my sister is a climate scientist. I talk about oh. her a lot. And did, did you know that? I did, not, I did not know that. She's a professor at UC Davis. She works in climate health. And like she has been yelling at us for years, years, decades, like, this is really bad. This is really bad. This is really bad. And she lives in Sacramento right now. She's moving soon. But like they're getting smoked out because of wildfires. Yeah. Everything is gone. Yeah. Like between hurricanes and wildfires. And if you don't remember, Australia was on fire right before. Yeah.
1: Brazil was all on fire for a while. Like, and are it's almost like we're completely immune, deadened to this reality. I was reading – so I'm reading this book on activism and comedy. And part of the reason why climate change is so hard to grasp is because it's not immediate enough. And it's not something that we see how any individual can actually make a difference. So it's like we don't – there's not, not enough tied to like, oh – if I recycle this, the world will stop burning. Like it's like, there's not. And so because it feels so big and it feels like we can't have an impact, we just become immobilized, which is kind of how racial justice is now as well in many ways.
0: Like, What am I going to do? I can be anti-racist, but I can't make Bob down the street be anti-racist. Yeah,
1: I mean it's very it's it's very complex. I'm curious to know does your sister think everything is is are we doomed?
0: <laughs> it's reversible.
1: Is it? Okay. I mean, it but I feel like the opportunity to reverse it, like that's the part I'm concerned about like cuz like we've already seen that virtual works. Like I did 50 plus virtual college shows last year now I'm I and I remarked about this when I was in Pennsylvania I was like this is freaking stupid like why Mm -hmm. did they have to fly me here I said this on stage (laughs) I was like I was like we could all be doing this from the safety and comfort of our homes and instead I got on a plane you know huge carbon footprint all to like come here and tell jokes (laughs) wait was it a private jet (laughs) no well at least it wasn't a private jet so (laughs) it was me and all the other people on the plane who were killing the planet
0: well i mean but in the lockdown like in march and april of last year like the whole world came alive in a brand new way when everyone Mm -hmm. was actually staying home like there was the penguins walking through the streets of cape town and (laughs) i just (laughs) i didn't see that footage i want to see that that's hilarious Well, there's a beach in cape town called boulder beach where the penguins live and apparently like with no traffic they're like all right this is our street now like, let's venture out. That's brilliant, <laughs> but you know, we started to see like the the dolphins in Venice and all of those things. It is possible if we just stopped a little bit more to reverse a lot of the effects of what we're up to. And I firmly believe that the Earth is like a living being. It's an the earth itself is an organism, and we are organisms on earth comp- And if we wanted to, like, we could shift the way things are going. And if we don't, Earth is going to do it for us. It's already trying. I mean, look, I mean, that's
1: what a virus is, right? So, mm-hmm. and we don't seem to, we're so arrogant. I think that's the the arrogance right now is, is.
0: Uh, <laughs> I I see it as like a values conversation. Like, what do we actually value? A lot of the argument for going back to the office or going back to regular life has been in search of commerce. Right.
1: Productivity. And and it's like, yeah.
0: like, if we didn't actually have to worry about like, who's making the most money for these shareholders and everyone had like a basic living, a guaranteed way to live, home, food, healthcare, Mm
1: -hmm. then-
0: I bet you a lot of the ways that we made decisions would be very, very different.
1: Well, it's interesting. It felt like we were having an experiment in universal basic income, um, Mm -hmm. which we, what's interesting too, though, is this shift is going to happen regardless of whether we want it to or not, because with deep machine learning, so many jobs are going to disappear. And so if we don't find a way to adapt because what's happening is these companies are just going to save money by using machines to do just about everything. And they're going to save money and they're going to pass that along to their shareholders. But what does that do for the, the common worker, the average worker, right? So these are all very complex problems that I don't know who's working on them. I, I, I feel like the world's so on fire that nobody's actually working on these
0: problems anymore. And I think they, I think people are. I hope so. Where are they, Erin? <laughs> Tell me I, This all started
1: off so hopeful. Now I'm just like, oh my god, everything's terrible and the machine's my robot. I my I have a Roomba and I just got a new I got a Roborock to replace. A my a Roborock? Roomba. So Roborock is like a Roomba, only the Roborock both mops, it clean. It mops with like sonic, like sound, like sonic waves. And it can, it knows when it's on carpet versus on regular floor. And I still have my old Roomba and somehow, oh my God, I said Roborock and I kid you not, my fucking phone, the app just popped up. This is so weird. I don't know why I did that. I don't know if that was coincidence or what it did. No, it was just it says now. It was a notification from now. It's weird. Um, and so
0: <laughs> it knows it, you're talking about it, Maya. <laughs> it,
1: it must. It's probably going to start. And I, so I, came, I went into the living room, and for some reason, both the Roomba and the Roborock were in the kitchen, somehow the Roborock must have bumped into the Roomba, setting off the Roomba, and they were like dancing around each other in the kitchen area. And I was like, holy shit, I'm like watching some sort of weird Terminator right now. Like, I I was like, what are they doing? I was like, how did it know? How did it know to start? And they were just, and and I decided to just let it happen. I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna watch and see like what, happens like do they like start to negotiate with each other are they like <laughs> i will clean this part of the house you clean that part of the house we good like it is yeah i i, I don't know i'm not the the machines i'm i'm most fearful of of the machines more so than I, anything I'm else not fearful of the machines <laughs> I you mean, didn't the machine. See this Robo Rock. You didn't see. I mean, the look at the laser. That,
0: maybe <laughs> that should be the content that you post when you're in your I'm not a brand mode. <laughs> Is is me wondering? I, well, I, if I had a chance to like it, it happened so
1: fast, I, I would have uh, I would have filmed it and been like, "Whoa, look at!" But it's like that's like the height of privilege. It's like, look at me taking time to film my two robot vacuums. I don't even have to vacuum anymore. I've got two robots to do it, and I'm just gonna videotape it and narrate what they're saying to each other because it raises vibrations and makes everybody happy. This is my role on the planet. Like what?
0: Well, I mean, I actually, I'm going to make the counter argument to that. If you don't share those moments of joy, like what's the point of having any privilege? Like you get to share it. You get to be like, this is what I get to enjoy.
1: I like this take so much um, that I'm going to run with it Uh, because I was thinking like of just being like, look, most of my life was suffering. So now that I'm having fun, I'm going to show it kind of thing. But I like what you say better. It's like, what's the point of having privilege if you can't, uh, can't, uh," well, it's, it's inspiring, right?
0: Yeah. And
1: robots. this idea (laughs) that
0: like this idea that harm, like if somebody's hurting, you can't be okay or you can't feel joy has always kind of made me a little crazy, right? One, it's super mm-hmm. codependent. Two, it drags everyone down. Hmm. Right. And you can't create change or move things forward if you're just wallowing in shit. And sometimes That's you true. need somebody who's not wallowing in shit to be like, it's pretty nice over here. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just to no, give I- the other person an idea. Like it could be nice over there.
1: Yeah. This is what joy can look like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, strugg- I struggle with this quite a bit. Um, I-, I would say of the things that I struggle with is probably what I struggle with the most um, because I am like a very feeling person. And so it always feels like, you know, in the back of my mind, like, oh, like, is it fair? Is it fair to feel this joy? Which I think is why I'm so committed to trying to help people because yeah. I'm like, I can't en- I can't enjoy this even in the slightest if I'm not helping people on the other end of it.
0: Have you ever thought about like if you don't feel that joy, if you stop yourself from feeling that joy, who does that help? Exactly. No, it's a, it's, it's
1: exactly right. Point taken. Point taken. And
0: I- <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think the other thing is like you know, When you aren't feeling your best, sometimes you want somebody to come sit with you and be like Eeyore with you. And sometimes you actually need the other you, the other Mm -hmm. joyful person in the world to come be like, remember, you belong over here, too.
1: Well, and it's interesting that you say that because I hadn't thought about it at all. Um, And now that you said it, I'm like, when I'm sad, I watch comedy. Mm Mm-hmm period. And then I'm happy again. And then I think about the thing that made me sad and then it gives me the energy to figure it out. So right. it's, it's, it's weird from that angle. I've like, never really look at it from that angle.
0: <laughs> well, cause like, I don't know, as, as a former comedian, what I've always found is that if you can let somebody else in, if you can let somebody affect you, then that means that where you are emotionally in that moment won't be there for forever. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's what I've always appreciated about comedy is that like somehow, some way, someone might make me laugh and then I'm not stuck.
1: Right. Well, it's part of my like, the whole like problem solving framework that i'm working on i've been working on this it's the comedian's guide to problem solving uh, <laughs> can't remember if you book? know about this it's not of about this. okay yeah because i couldn't remember it. it's sort of uh like i have like a like a guide type of thing and i guess it, it, it the idea is it'll eventually be a book but right now i'm just trying to keep it at like useful workbook sort of thing because it doesn't really need to be a book at this stage it's more like these are the steps that a comedian goes through from the time they like write a joke to getting on stage and they're actually the same steps that you can use to solve problems and so it's this framework that i've just been playing with for the last couple of years really Um, you know and it's like oh comedians were really good observers so when you have a problem the first thing you have to do is observe Um, and step back as opposed to being in it. You have to step back and observe the problem and ask yourself, like, is it internal? Is it external? Um, Mm -hmm. So it kind of walks you through, like, read the room, like, look around. Is the problem because of something you're doing? Is it a problem because something somebody else is doing? Is it something that's going to shift and change? Was it caused because somebody else walked, you know, by and did X thing? And so it kind of goes through all of the not all but like a lot of the elements of what it means like adjusting being able to like did somebody drop a tray while you were on stage and so now all of a sudden you have to like shift and adjust comedians are agile and so it's like in your personal life your problems it's like okay how can you adjust
0: and right things
1: like that so like I love this
0: I'll give this to people when you have it
1: yeah I actually I so I've had it on my website for like two years (laughs) I just haven't uh yeah
0: promoted
1: it yeah yeah it's just there not helping anybody it's there (laughs) (laughs) you
0: have you have 27 people who are listening to this right now what else do you need to promote to these 27 people (laughs)
1: <laughs> you know, it's, it's part of the, like, I don't, I was like, it's not quite where I want it to be yet, even though it's been on my site, like you can just download it. Right. But I'm like, it's not quite where I want it. Like, I'm not going to promote it until it like is exactly what I want it to be. And I keep thinking I'm going to have time or like the, the type of mindset that I want to like get it to where I like want it to be. And so like, it's up there in the sense that like, yeah, you can grab what's up there and it'll be helpful. Um, yeah all right, this has been a coaching session now. And <laughs> I'm glad I said this out loud because it's been in my, like, it's been in my journal for like the last couple of weeks that it's like, okay, just finish writing like the comedian's guide to problem solving. Yeah. Holiness. So
0: by when will this be complete? Um, let's see. Today's Monday. Mm-hmm. Thursday. Sweet. Cause the podcast comes out Thursday. So it'll be uh- perfectly ready. <laughs> For everyone who's listening to this. (laughs) I'm so glad to say that. Then everybody, you can uh,
1: go to welaughharder.com and and download. It's free. It's a free workbook. And actually I want people to use it because I want to refine it and I can't refine it until people use it and say this works, this doesn't work. Um, Yeah. And so I'll try to have the new version up there by Thursday, um, which the new version has existed for like a year and a half. Oh my god.
0: Maya. (laughs) (laughs) I just haven't
1: put it up on the website. I don't know
0: who (laughs) is who's holding you accountable? Somebody needs to hold you accountable. (laughs) well so what's funny is like I have an assistant and she tries
1: to hold me accountable. It's really funny. Like she'll like send me stuff like like she sends me like a daily email that's like, you know, the stuff that I have to do for the day. And she'll say she'll say things like have you still not done this yet? Question mark, question mark, exclamation point. And like, she knows that I'm very like, you know, ADHD all over the place. And so she'll be like, hey, so this was on the list forever until I finally was just like, I don't think I'm going to work on this. So we can probably just take it off the list. But I think for like a good three or four months, she was like "Uh, the comedian's guide to problem solving. How's that going? And I'm like, I'm working on it. And the way I feel about things is, for whatever reason, if I'm not ready to put something into the world, there's a reason for it. Like it always makes sense to me at some point. And so I'm just like, if it hasn't gone out into the world yet, it's because for some reason it's just not like the time for it. I feel Mm -hmm. like now they're part of the reason why it's been coming into my consciousness a lot in the last few weeks is because I'm like, oh, it's time. I was like, oh, only comedy is going to get us out of what we're in right now. Like there is no other way out of this fucking mess
0: i mean it's probably also like somebody listening to this is going to go download it and then they're going to solve something and it's going to make like i love the idea of that ripple effect for what could happen in the future just because you did it today
1: and and that's what i needed to hear because all it takes is one person solving a problem just like one person laughing at a joke and feeling better uh to make it worth the effort of finishing it and putting it into the world. So lesson learned.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I feel like this is kind of a good place to wrap that. And we've gone for a decent amount of time. And I ask everybody at the end, um, how will you know when you've succeeded? When I die. (laughs) I what why (laughs) when you die
1: I was like that's I was I always hate these questions because I'm always worried like I'm like what's the question gonna be like the one question they always ask people and so this one was so easy for me though when I die Uh, because I firmly believe in progress over end goal um, Mm -hmm. for me and so for me it's about like progress every day and I feel like once you've hit your once you've completed your mission on this planet you die hmm like, I like that. yeah, I mean, Chadwick Bozeman, his, the anniversary of his passing was recently and my daughter was sad and I, I went to her room and I was like, don't be sad. Like he fulfilled his purpose on this planet. Think about how many people are talking about purpose right now that weren't talking about purpose prior to his All death.
0: because of him.
1: hmm And the work that he put into the world endures. And so for me, you know, same thing with Kobe Bryant, like you... Both of those
0: were like way too fast though. It makes me be like, why not longer? What more, you know? Because they, they, I mean, they, they
1: truly like this world's hard to live on. Yeah. You know? And so I, I truly believe that once people have fulfilled that, that, that mission, like, it's like, okay, it's time. You, you've done your thing. You can, you can go now. And so, yeah, I guess when I'm all like, when I'm, I won't know if it's sudden. (laughs) (laughs) I hope it's not soon. Like I, I like being alive. I enjoy it. So I I hope I don't fulfill my mission until I'm like 90.
0: So is that why you didn't publish the book is because you just want to keep on being here?
1: (laughs) You know, it's so funny. I'm being pushed again to, to put it out there. And I'm like, you know, the thing is it's, I finished it so long ago that the amount of personal growth that I've had since then, like, I'm just like, and especially like what's happened in my life in the last few years has been so transformative that now I look at it and, you know, somebody asked me to send it to somebody and I was like, ah, I looked at it and I was like, this isn't, this is like half of what I want it to be now. Like it was perfect for where it was when I finished it then. And now it's not. And, and I also don't think, Um, Again, I think people when they consume content now, they're like, what's in it for me? Like, what Mm -hmm. am I going to learn? How am I going to change my life? And I think when I wrote it, I didn't feel confident enough to say outright, these are the steps that I took. This is the thing that you can do um, in order to get out of your situation. Right. And so I definitely didn't have that confidence that I do now. Like now I can reflect and look back and go, holy shit, the shit that I went through and the shit that I had to do mentally, emotionally to get out of it, yo, everybody needs this. <laughs> like this will help you. This will help, you know, and now I have the confidence, you know, to see that. Um, but I certainly
0: didn't have that. I couldn't even wear yellow. Remember? I do remember.
1: <laughs>
0: it's such a good color on you too. It's a great color on me. I, I wear yellow all the
1: time now. Um,
0: I'm so so, proud of you.
1: (laughs) Thank you. I I, I see the pineapples too. Yeah. There's little yellows, little yellow here. I thought of it when I was putting it on, it's like my happy button down and yeah. Yeah. And, and to everybody who's listening, if you don't have a coach, get a coach. It's so important. Uh, I'll take this moment to shout out Erin uh, mm-hmm. because she was my very first coach and came to me. And I was like, this is so crazy because I was thinking I needed a coach. And I, I was absolutely, absolutely right. And one of the first activities that you had me go through um was actually uh, game changing for me. And I didn't want to do it. And I I don't know if you remember what it was, but I was like, I was like, I'm not I was like, duh. And you were like, just hang up the phone, Maya, and make the calls. And I was like, nah, I don't wanna, I don't um, but I did I did. And it was it I mean, till this day, I, I think back on how it created a shift in how I viewed myself by having an understanding of what other people thought about me when I showed up. And I was like, wow, like I had gotten so, you know, through crisis, through trauma had completely lost that. Like, I did not know that that's
0: how yeah, people was. You, yeah. You forget, like sometimes your story becomes who you think you are and your story is not who you are. What you went through is not the only thing yeah like you would be that way you probably were that way as a 10 year old you didn't have to go through all of that to show up that way oh dope yeah facts <laughs> all sure. right I'm gonna wrap this thank you so much Maya you are the greatest thank you thank you thank you I love you. you so much thank
1: you thank you Erin and uh yes this is a pleasure <laughs>
0: This Is Not Advice is brought to you by me, Erin Conlin. If you are interested in learning more about my coaching practice or how we might be able to work together, please visit erinconlin.com. This podcast would not have happened without production support from Cedar Cathedral Narrative Studio.